Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, June 28th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The 2018 Farm Bill allowed farmers to start growing hemp, but in Kansas, the number of licenses issued is on the decline. We don't have the best of luck selling full-spectrum oil. That's because CBD is a saturated market. It's just something that we all need to work through. In just a few minutes, we will examine why finding a market for hemp products has been more difficult than anticipated. The Missouri House will convene in special session this week to take up extending a tax on health care providers that funds Medicaid. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the Senate passed a version free of any controversial restrictions. Conservative Republican senators wanted to add provisions that would prohibit Planned Parenthood from receiving Medicaid funding even for non-abortion-related health care. They also wanted to ban the money from going to certain kinds of birth control, including IUDs and Plan B. Democratic Senator Lauren Arthur of Clay County said those amendments were dangerous. Conflating drugs and devices that are used for birth control, but labeling them as abortifacients, I think that's just unnecessary complexity and confusion. All of the women in the Senate from both parties got together to stand united against prohibitions on birth control. Shortly after that meeting Friday night, the Senate passed the version without restrictions. In Jefferson City, I'm Jonathan All. St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri will soon allow pharmacists to provide HIV prevention medication to people without a prescription. Governor Mike Parson recently signed legislation allowing prescription-free access to a drug that could prevent patients from becoming HIV positive if taken within 72 hours of potential exposure. Missouri is the third state to allow such a move. Republican State Representative Phil Cristofanelli of St. Charles County says the legislation could end up having a huge impact in the fight to prevent the spread of HIV. We don't currently have a cure to HIV, but uh, we, we do have a way to uh, ensure that people do not become infected. And I believe if we implement those strategies over time, we can end HIV in our lifetime. Cristofanelli made those comments on Politically Speaking, which is posted at stlpr.org. Summertime school closures mean less access to food for some children. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kendall Crawford reports, a new breakfast program in North St. Louis aims to provide them with a hot and healthy meal to start their day. At 8 a.m. each weekday, Jamez Kennard hands plates of waffles, eggs, and oranges to as many as 30 kids at the Youth and Family Center. He's the volunteer lead of the Free Breakfast Program in St. Louis and says the community-funded program is meant to fulfill a basic human need. We all deserve at least a good breakfast. Food is not a privilege, and it definitely shouldn't be treated as such. The organization began in Nashville, The program was modeled after the Black Panthers Party free breakfast program in the 1970s. The St. Louis location is open to summer camp children at the Youth and Family Center until the end of August. I'm Kendall Crawford, St. Louis Public Radio. Increasingly, states in the Midwest are allowing their COVID-19 emergency declarations to expire. That means additional assistance from the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, has gone away. 
Melinda Craigs Ingram is the SNAP Outreach Manager for the Northern Illinois Food Bank. She says with unemployment numbers still so high, decreased benefits will be a shock to many SNAP recipients. The impact that we've experienced since COVID has not subsided. And if we can reference the last recession, it took about three to five years for it to recover. And I, and I can anticipate it'll be about the same time frame that we'll be, we'll be looking at. She also says the cost of food has increased during the pandemic and that monthly allotments do not go as far now as they did one year ago. This summer marks the third year Kansans have grown hemp for industrial use. It has proven risky. Reporting for Harvest Public Media, Brian Grimmett explores why it's been more difficult than some expected and how hemp growers would like a little more help from the government. In an industrial building near the airport in Pratt in south-central Kansas, workers break open a 1,200-pound bag of industrial hemp stalks, grains, and flowers and dump it onto a large conveyor belt. The facility, operated by Shining Star Hemp Company, is one of only 11 licensed hemp processors in the state. Jennifer Holmes works with Shining Star to develop and market products. This is an auger that leads to our hopper. This is where we dump the flower biomass. It's taken up, dumped in there, evenly distributed to our shaking table. The shaking table has interchangeable plates and you can separate different types of material. After explaining as much as she could, she waved down a man driving a forklift. Paul here on the forklift, he's the mastermind behind all of that. He's really put all of this together. It's about uh, probably 30 years of beating your head against the wall mostly. Paul McGeary is a contractor for Shining Star and developed its processing machinery. He applied what he learned over decades of sifting wheat and corn to develop this machine to sift hemp. He says the complexity of the process is part of what's holding the industry back. It just doesn't have the scale to supply manufacturers who would put the fiber to use. We were walking in there, people walk into those meetings thinking they're, you know, having 30, 40,000 pounds on hand is, is something. But when you walk into industry and they want, you know, five train cars a day or 10, you know, a train load a week or whatever, we just aren't prepared for that. And getting them to wait until we're prepared, that, that's the bottleneck of the whole thing. Hemp has been hyped as something with a wide range of industrial uses. Make paper from the stalk or biodegradable plastics, food from the seeds, oils from the flowers. But so far, the only market the industry is pushing seems to be for its cannabinoid or CBD-rich oil. And there's a flood of CBD already on the market. We don't have the best of luck selling full-spectrum oil. That's because CBD is a saturated market. It's just something that we all need to work through and do the right thing moving into grain and the fiber industry. But that will take millions in investments in new equipment. And until that equipment can be designed, built, or purchased, companies interested in making products from hemp fibers are out of luck. A company in Newton, Kansas, wants to make prosthetic limbs from hemp. It imports its processed hemp from overseas. Holmes wants more government help to offset some of the risk for investing in converting the plant into something useful for industry. A lot of people are scared to start because they don't know if they're going to fail, so they don't ever get started. And then if they have incentives or grants or help or support, um, we could all work together, and I, I believe we could really make the industry thrive. But it's not yet. 
The Kansas Department of Agriculture says its hemp growing licenses dropped from 218 in 2020 to only 81 this year. And last year, of the almost 4,000 acres planted, only 761 were harvested for production. And an eighth of that had to be burned by the state because it contained too much of the psychoactive chemical THC. Braden Hoke is the state supervisor of the industrial hemp program. The past two years have, I guess, really helped individuals um, get up to speed with um, vetted industry production standards, um, those becoming more apparent. Um, but producers are really still determining um, the best way to grow um, hemp as a crop and if it's feasible really to include in their rotation. He says growers and processors need to expand beyond CBD products. But with federal and state rules surrounding the crop in constant flux, finding the right investors that can spur that kind of innovation and development will remain challenging. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Brian Grimmett. Harvest Public Media is a reporting cooperative focusing on agricultural issues. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.